0: Hello, and welcome back to the Heart and Hustle podcast. I am
1: Angelica Yard. And I am Charisma O'Keefe, and we are here every Thursday talking to you about entrepreneurship, business, balance, life, all sorts of things. Um, And it is Black History Month still. I know that there's been a lot of things going on um, that have been just a lot and, and that I don't approve of in general, but it's still Black History Month, so we're still celebrating Black excellence all month long even if there is nonsense coming from other groups of people,
0: every day, all day. <laughs> and we just want to say thank you, obviously, for listening and supporting and uplifting us during all the time. You guys are always here and like doing the best and sharing. And so we appreciate that you are doing all of that work. And we also obviously want to get to know you. So you can always shout us out on social, on Instagram, we're at Heart and Hustle Podcast, and then on Twitter, Heart Hustle Pod. And, Of course, using the hashtag boss so hard so we can see what you're up to because then other listeners can find you too. Like, that's how you guys can start hanging out and like making you know, a little community. Speaking, like, hey, yeah, you also listen to this podcast where these two people are crazy. <laughs> I feel like
1: I also have to say, like, just to everybody out there who is just having a day or a week or a month or a year, like, you are doing amazing. We are mm-hmm. still in a pandemic. It is not easy times. So literally just like any day that you, you know, hydrate yourself a bit, have something to eat, maybe move your body a little bit. Like that is already so much and so impressive to do during a pandemic, right? And so it's like, if you're doing anything on top of that, some of y'all are parents, some of y'all have jobs, some of y'all have businesses, you know, some of you guys are still, you know, focusing on hobbies and stuff, which is amazing. Some of you guys are creating stuff whatever it is you're doing it's awesome it's like above and beyond because like just day-to-day life during a pandemic is so hard and I did like kind of say a, a, a quick smaller version of that on Instagram the other day you did,
0: I and a lot
1: that. of people like I haven't been um as like I've been bad at communicating on Instagram for like just the past few weeks because I've just been like overwhelmed with life but I finally like went on and showed my face and was just it was just like a message that was on my heart but I got a lot of responses about that. Um, I literally, I mean, it was just, I didn't even say all that. I just literally said, you're doing great, you know, whatever. And so many people jumped in my DMs to be like, oh my God, I needed to hear that. Um, So I just really was like, wow, like you guys really did need to hear that. And that's why I'm telling y'all as well, if you didn't hear it on Instagram and it's, you know, it is so true. Like, I feel like people aren't, praising like i i've been following on like tiktok and stuff like uh they call it like bare minimum like black girl you know content where like these these girls will be like i'm going to show you like my day where i'm doing like the bare minimum and i'm not <laughs> like going above and beyond and things like that and like i still deserve to be and i still deserve to be celebrated and stuff just for like living my life and being a human and i just feel like that's important and if you don't have like family or friends that are like validating you and telling you that they're proud of you just for the things you're doing cuz For all of us, like we're going through something, you know what I mean? Like there's no one who's not, um, you know, so it's just like, I have a friend that, you know, she owns a business and she just got the biggest order of her life, which is so exciting and such an awesome moment. And then what happens? Her husband gets COVID. They have two kids under, I think like four and she doesn't have it. The kids don't have it. That's amazing. They're negative but he has it. And, you know, in that situation, they're isolating on different sides of the house. You can't really ask your, you don't want to put your family and friends at risk and ask them to watch your kids. So she's trying to do her biggest job she's done to date for her career while also watching her kids full time. And these are just weird circumstances that like, you know, even if you have good systems in place, even if you've been really diligent in being organized or whatever it is, it's like, there's just not really like a safe way out of that situation if you are trying to like make the best choices for your friends and family and such and keeping them safe from COVID. So it's just, you know, it's just a difficult time. Um, so anything that you're doing is amazing and I praise you for it and I think you're awesome and I just, you know, just being yourself is is enough work in itself, so Keep that in mind.
0: Real facts, yeah. Shout out to eating vegetables, drinking water, and, like, moving your body, even if it's just around the corner.
1: Yeah, every day I have to remind John that, like, vegetables, like, are things we have to eat, because John is, like, the main cook in our house, and he'll you know he'll always be like well what do you want for like dinner and I'm one of those people that's just like whatever like I'm like whatever you want like what do you what do you have in mind and he always proposes something that is like how about pasta on top of bread with a side of rice and like you know three <laughs> cookies and I'm like babe like I do need to eat vegetables <laughs> like I don't there's, like he yeah
0: on top, it's fine
1: <laughs> well and thankfully like my nutritionist made like you know guidelines that are like not about they're not about like a lot of like you know numbers and like bogging you down with that sort of stuff it's more about like make sure you get yeah like every it's day. And it, yeah day. it's like yeah exactly and it's like so you know i just i kind of try to remind him like fruits and vegetables we need to have them every day like we can have the cookie soup and the pasta for sure i'm italian let's have the pasta but <laughs> we need to scale back on not like you, you like it's not even scaling back it's it's adding it's like add the veggies, add the veggies. Yeah. So hand roast a
0: bunch of root root vegetables. Yes. And like straight up is a meal. Like it's a vibe. Like straight and up. And John that is the like a person that veggies. if you
1: have a if you have a whole bunch of vegetables, so he's like he's like whatever. But then if you just add sweet potato,
0: that's what I'm and saying. Then bro. there's five
1: other vegetables. <laughs> then he's so
0: happy. He's like oh this has sweet potato in it so now i'm so happy it's right. that is yeah. I, honest to god that has been helping so many people i know who struggle with vegetables It's pan roasting yeah vegetables. i honestly
1: it's so weird because he used to not but i just feel like it's just because that's been his like thing in the pandemic is like because we've eaten at home more than ever and i just feel like he's just sick of it he's like i'm sick of eating these healthy vegetables and he's like i just want to have like bread and sweet potato and like holiday and I'm like I get it because it's just you know we are like we love going out to like restaurants and stuff like that and we just really haven't been doing that we do sometimes pick up food but you know from where we live there's not the best options if you enjoy like any sort of healthy food yeah and so we have to drive a bit of a ways to get good food and we do do that sometimes but it's just not something we can do like every three days like it's like more of like a once a week thing because it is driving like clearly across town so you know so shout out to all the black businesses that you've been sharing on instagram because i love hearing about businesses that i don't know already and you've been sharing tons of gems so if people are not following they need to go and check that out now on your uh paper business
0: instagram yes do that i will say shout out once again to get into the the good dudes at Black Brews uh, Boroughs, they are so funny, first of all, to me in real life because they are local, but they have really good coffee. I mean, <laughs> like, if I'm buying anyone so, coffee this year, it's coming from these dudes because they're awesome.
1: So my white friend, Margot. Um, who you know, she actually sent me, I guess she saw them, I think, at the Winter Garden Firm. Yeah, they're everywhere. And she sent me like their card and like a picture of their, like she was so excited. she sent me like all these photos and she was just like, oh my god and I was like oh my god like who is this and she's like they're local they're amazing I guess she went with her um, mom and dad like one of the weekends mm-hmm. and she said that they all loved them and they were fantastic so I was like okay good so now we have a new new to us to try out yeah um Another I'm not person. a huge coffee drinker, but I, I buy coffee and John drinks it like, it yeah. On, and so. I, I like to gift it. And if you have yes. in your life
0: that like coffee, yeah. they have a good, like, it's easy to buy from their website. You as you know, I cool.
1: like to gift as well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> as I know, uh, as I, I have many, many of uh, Charisma and John coffees that are fueling my existence right now with my 3 a.m. wake ups. Uh, yeah, that's straight up. A real thing so yeah it's a great
1: gift i feel yeah. like it's you know and if it's local it's like that much better
0: yeah so that's gonna be my highlight of the week for black business for the podcast is uh, black brew bros um they're on instagram they're all the places uh, go check them out i put them in my blog post so if you go to studio 404 paper on instagram you'll see that blog post and the link and everything it's on studio 404.com it's the last blog post and you can see all the other businesses were there as well, but I just really wanted to highlight them because they were just so sweet uh when I met them in person. Because I was just like, I just go on to go buy a coffee from black dudes. Like that's just reality of like how I go to, to farmers markets and then uh me posting it on social they were like super hype and shared on all their socials and were like super helpful and thankful and so do uh, they, have a, do they have
1: a shop in lakeland is
0: that i don't what's know if they going have a, on? a shop shop but i know they are they like have or been they at brew like, all the farmers markets or whatever i think yeah i think they do brew like some probably like in behind like a store like but not yeah only they have a store i think they have like kind of like a little but that's where they're like operations. places or whatever yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm so I'm
1: gonna like go to Lakeland at some point soon on a weekend to check out some of the downtown shops there and I'm wondering like even if it's just like you know like a behind the scenes thing like not behind the scenes but you know what I'm saying I yeah. want to like go to their place and even take photos
0: of like outside just to be like just awesome. go reach out chat to them they probably will be on the weekend though because they're on this side town, right? that's true because they're everybody yeah, they're everywhere they're over so. Here. so they were in like Yolo Sunday like they're over here which has been helpful um for them
1: so and let me tell you like anybody that doesn't live in Orlando that doesn't know that we have like a massive coffee scene that is a really it's amazing we have a great coffee scene here so for you to come into our coffee scene and people to be talking about you you got to be having a good product so they really do
0: that's what I'm saying
1: like it's you're you're not the first person to have brought
0: them up to me it just in the past like two weeks which is awesome. Um, and then my second black piece I want to shout out is Kismet and Charisma because hey girl, they have hey. uh, candles in store and they're exciting and I'm excited to get them and smell them and put my face in them and like share them with all the people that deserve one. Uh, so if you are listening, you should go to kismetandcharisma.com right now.
1: Yes. And for all of our listeners, I actually have um, a discount code for 20% off and you can use it anytime. Um, And that is boss so hard. So just type that in. Yeah, type that in when you're checking out. um, And that is just for listeners of the podcast boss so hard. Um, But yeah, I mean, for me, I'm I, I love to have a certain amount of candles on hand for myself at all times to enjoy when I'm having a bad day or when I just need to like zone out or have a me moment. To me, that's like such like a quick and easy like little time to like refocus and recenter is just light a candle for me. I normally will write a candle and then I'll write stuff down because for me, it's helpful to kind of like get it out, whether it's like a plan for tomorrow or I'm journaling or whatever it is, like just gives me like a little moment of Zen. But I also like, I feel like they're a great gift. And I feel like if you are a white person, it's a really great gift to give um, the black lives matter candle to the people in your life who are black. Um, because it's a good
0: smelling candle oh yeah goodness.
1: I'm like it is I feel like it's the best smelling of all of them like I, I really it is do. kind it's, of my personal favorite I think I for a lot say. of people it is their favorite and it's you know on top of that it also you know gives back to charity so it's you know it's a win-win um but yeah I'm like and and I also have white friends who buy it and and white customers that I don't even know who buy it and put it in their houses and they're white and I love that too because like whether it be that one or the black girl magic one, like why shouldn't you celebrate those things? Like to me, like if you're white and you're lighting that in your home, like that's just a celebration of those things. But of course, we have, you know, other candles as well. But I just feel like with Black History Month, like those are the ones that are flying off the shelves right now for good reason because, you know, it's Black History Month and they're amazing. And and to me, like I did create those with a like the scent to me, so the scent for like Black Lives Matter to me is very it, it smells like black culture to me. That's what black culture smells like to me. And black girl magic to me is what like what I imagine that Solange smells like. Like I've never smelled her because I've never met her. But my guess would be that if I ever met her, that's what she would know, smell Solange like. you know
0: Solange knows, we need to message us so we can send her a candle. Yes, that would be amazing. Actually, so she can report back on if that like
1: yeah, like just, or just to let me like smell you know. yeah. <laughs> it. Like,
0: um, no, I will say, um, the Black Lives I watched a TikTok video, or something on Twitter today, where they were talking about uh, it was uh, Daniel Kalua and I think um, Damson Idris were talking to Bobby smurda and I knew that, like, I know they hang out and they're, like, super good friends or whatever, but I learned that they call themselves the DSS, which is Dark Skin Society, and that is straight up. I love that. what wow. Black Lives Matter candle <laughs> sounds, smells
1: like. It, to me, it does, yeah, it does, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I actually now want to make a candle that smells what I think the Aegris album would smell like. Yeah. Which I, cool. I feel like it would be adjacent to the Black Lives Matter candle, but I feel like it would have maybe something a little woodsy in it something like maybe like a little bit like maybe uh... smoke Maybe, like, a, a hint of smoke or a hint of, like, woodsiness in there. Yeah. Like a, you know a what's so wood. funny? Like, we're going to have Bobby on the podcast soon, and I can ask her because she has she smelled did. him smell
0: multiple me. times. She has smelled Idris Elba. Maybe we should, like, send her the candle. Does she had one? Does she have one? Can we ship overseas so she can tell us before report back? Yes. Yeah. Well, I'll first ask what was his, you know...
1: Sent Scent profile like <laughs> yeah and then i'll see if i can nail it down because she has she has definitely smelled that you can that do man black luxury times. matters candle yes. That actually profile. yes i love that black luxury does matter
0: all right guys we have an amazing guest who straight up gathered our edges and like got us together and told us about the amazing work that she's been doing with amazing people and like so humble too humble because too humble. we had to stop multiple times up. and be like but you're that girl though oh my goodness! there's also I'm like oh, there's also a video but we did uh Issa Rae and then Zendaya are having like a interview or something like she's interviewing her and she's like how does it feel to know that you're like that girl or whatever and Zendaya's like cry, like laughing I'm like that's how I felt that we were yeah we were like but you are that yes, girl I'm like no funny. one can compare to you Like you mm-hmm. understand that you are on that level like you are so yes for for sure for sure enjoy listen support kia follow all her things and pre-order the book please she talks about it in the interview and that is really important that you guys cta go pre-order um the book so we will see you guys next week thank you for listening as always Bye. bye. bye
1: Because today we have a guest who we've actually had on before, but it was a super long time ago. So I'm so excited to have Kia back on the podcast. Uh, Kia, for those who have not already listened to the episode that we've had with you in the past or who are just like not on the internet, I guess, really because I feel like everyone I know knows you and loves you and, and has <laughs> read your book. So I'm like if they're somehow out of our you know circle and, and, and don't know, tell us a little bit about you and the work that you do,
2: okay? Yeah. So hi, thank you for having me back. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm Kia. I'm a journalist and an author and a screenwriter and a studying actress. And I love pop culture. And so I tend to write. Yes, I do. (laughs) So I tend to write about it a lot. Um, I'm very focused in the conversation around identity and what it means to be a Black, queer, disabled person in the world and what that looks like every day and also what that means for the world at large. Um, I like to write things that I enjoy and I feel like now more than ever we should be focusing on the things that we enjoy. And so a lot of what you'll see from me, whether that's like a book or an article or um, future screenwriting things, it's always going to be wrapped up in the idea that joy is also revolutionary.
1: I love that so much. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Even outside of your work, just your Twitter alone is like amazing, by the way. <laughs> like, like, obviously, I read a ton of your work. But yeah, your Twitter is awesome. And also your Twitter, I think that you should know is now pretty much my main news source because the news is a lot you know media is a lot and so on a day when I'm like okay I need to know like what's going on but like I don't need to know like I don't need to know like you know like I, I don't I don't need to be hit with things that are like very very intense so I'll be like let me go to her Twitter and just see what's going on and you always like have the like fun tea on what's going on in the world and like commentary that I feel like you know, again, as somebody who is a black queer woman, like relates to a lot of the things that you talk about. Um, so yeah, I, I absolutely adore your Twitter. Anybody that's not following you needs to go follow you immediately. <laughs> immediately. That's so
2: sweet. Yeah, no, I like, I try really hard to curate what I want to see on Twitter. Like I think when it, when I first started Twitter, it was very much like, I have to say something about X, Y, and Z thing. And so I'm going to talk about X, Y, and Z thing. And now it's like, I pop on Twitter, I post my Wordle score. I make a couple jokes and then I go, you know, I think that like, it's just been nice to let go of the pressure
0: that I was putting on
2: myself. So I'm glad that you enjoy it because I really am just there to have a good time. And I try not to take it too seriously. Like, I'm not, I'm not the person that you should come to for, like, policy things. Yeah. Like, I'm not, you know. Yeah. Just,
1: and and I, I love that because I feel like, like you were saying, like, you took the pressure off yourself because I feel like there are so many, like, especially Black women who feel as if, like, we need to report like on everything that happens and comment on everything that happens. And I love that you say, like, you focus so much on joy because that's why I love going to see, like, if I know that if I'm going to your Twitter, I'm going to go see, like, what's up with, like, things that are joyous. Like, right now, like, you have, like, the Venus and Serena cover that you just retweeted on there. You know what I mean? Like, things like that. I'm like, okay, I'm going to see what's going on, like, in the world, but, like, from a perspective of, like, black joy, which I love.
2: Right, because I think what, what used to happen a lot and doesn't anymore because again i cure it in my space now is people would like trauma dump on me like i would i would post something that was like intense and serious and just to bring awareness and somebody or like a mountain of people actually would be like oh i'm also feeling bad because of x y and z thing and also like can you share that or can you post about my unfortunate experience or this thing that caused me harm and I get that people want you know to get the word out there about what's going on with them but like I started to feel like a trauma vending machine mm, and Yeah, it was exhausting and so now I try really hard like I'll share some things that aren't easy but I always try to follow those things up with something that brings me joy because if if it had to be all bad all the time. I would never even go on Twitter. Like I just, I can't be that person that people go to for the doom and gloom news because that really takes a toll on me. And so I had to say like, I'm just going to post what I want to post. And if you like it, fantastic. If you don't, there are other people that you can find to give you like the rundown of the day of like the world's worst news, what terrible things are happening. And like, I just really try to make sure that when you come to any of my social medias, Instagram too, that you find something joyful to take from it. While also being honest, like if I'm not in a good mood, it's likely that I'll share that with Twitter and just be like, I'm not in a good place. Just wanted to get that out there. You know, say it out loud, take away some of the power. But at the same time, to me, it's really important for people to have spaces where they feel safe and welcome and they don't have to worry about the world for a few moments. You know,
0: I love that. You have to enjoy yourself on social media, and I think the biggest issue with the, you know, social media causing such poor mental health in society right now is that no one's having a good time. Right. <laughs> you know, yes. 100 parameters right. for themselves. and so that <laughs> you decided to do that is empowering, and hopefully, our listeners take heed to that and start to implement that in their own lives if they haven't. You don't have to be a part of, like you said, like it's trauma dumping, like. The world is bad. Like we weren't grown, we weren't raised to know everything that happened in the world. We did not have interconnectivity until as a species until the internet. You know, we didn't know what was happening in countries that we couldn't call or pick up the phone or see on the news. Like we didn't know every bad thing and now you can see every bad thing if you choose to in an instant and that's not healthy. You're not supposed to know that much about other people. So I Yeah, and I often that.
2: find that people are like, Oh, well, you know, I have to share this video of this dead person. Or I I have to do X, Y, and Z thing so that people are aware. And it's like, people can be aware of things without you
0: re-traumatizing
2: them by showing the dead person or, like, leaking 911 calls. I just think that that is... Like, it is so gross to me that that's what our culture has come to of, like, you know, TMZ gets first dibs on celebrities who die even before their families know. And, like, that that whole culture to me is disgusting because it's like whether this person is famous or not they're a person and Mm -hmm. people shouldn't have to go on the internet and see pictures of their loved ones dead somewhere because it's sold for a lot of money like i think that there was a whole trend of it of it being like black people murdered by police and then people sharing the videos and being like i'm keeping people informed and it's like no not really you're just kind of very grossly to me sharing a very heartbreaking and unnecessary moment because what does it actually change I think I can count on one hand how many times actually sharing a video like that has changed something for the better
0: exactly yeah I'm definitely there with you we definitely have to do better and make good choices about how we reflect in content that is traumatizing especially as you know marginalized people and depending on what your marginalization is you're definitely aren't seen as human and so a lot of times people share that content because they're like oh well it's just that you know like to a person who's in a position of power or a position of privilege they don't mind sharing content that's harmful to other people because it doesn't harm them they don't they're not affected with right. it as much and as people who are in these spaces like who do it does affect you you should see how it affects the people around you in your community. You wouldn't want them to be hurt. We know, we know, we know. Black people are being murdered by the police all the time. We knew that before social media. Like that's not brand new information to anyone except for probably like very rich white people who apparently didn't know that was a thing until twenty twenty. But we knew, so we, we did knew. Yeah, videos <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> So searching gears a bit, we do want to talk about your upcoming book because you are an amazing author. So tell us a little bit about Sam Super Seats and where did you get the idea to come up with it?
2: So I love Sam with my whole heart. Sam is this little girl (laughs) who is going back to school shopping with her two best friends and her mom. And I'm doing it with Cochlear Books, um, which is an imprint of Penguin. And it was an absolutely delightful experience because... My editor, Sydney, had read The Pretty One, and she really liked it, and she was like, have you ever thought about writing for children? And I was like, yeah, that's in my 10-year plan for sure. And she was like, you could move it up and do it now. And so, essentially, together, we came up with the idea that, that telling a story about the importance of rest and comfort and care to children because we live in a society that always tells us all that we need to keep going and going and going and never stop. And, you know, we live in a a culture that says like, you're not valuable if you're not constantly working or providing something. And that's just a facet of capitalism. So I essentially created this book because I really wanted children to realize that it's okay to take a break and it's okay to be who you are and not have to apologize for what that entails and I think that this book is I'm biased obviously but I think this book is a very adorable way to do that and I just wanted I wanted a children's book that I would have loved as a kid you know what I mean had I seen somebody like like Sam I would have I don't know I just think that it would have positively impacted how I saw myself much earlier you know just seeing this black disabled kid being who she is and having love and support from her parents and her best friends and just being proud of who she is. It's really, you know, and we've said it so many times, but representation really does matter. And I think that this is a really fun way to talk about a topic that both parents can um, impart with their kids, but also kids can take something from it. That was really important to me as well. Like, I didn't want it to feel like a children's book written for adults. I wanted to feel like, oh, this is a book that is also something that kids can genuinely enjoy. And I'm really excited for The World to Meet, Sam. It comes out this August 23rd.
1: That's so exciting. Like, I, man, I I love that there's so much more diversity in books for kids right now because we really did not grow up with that much of it. Mm -hmm. I feel like I really enjoyed, as a kid, like, the books that I think stuck with me the most were ones where there weren't people in them, like The Hungry Caterpillar, because Mm -hmm. I couldn't really see myself in a lot of the characters where there were people, especially I think at like, at a really, really young age, obviously, like once I got a little bit older and got into like, you know, middle school age books and and NYA and stuff like you just kind of have to learn and adapt to put yourself in there and find the things that you have in common uh, with characters. But at, you know, at a young age, it's like, Visually, it's so important when you see someone. You're like, oh, like look at their hair, or, like you know, look at you know their skin color, whatever it is. um So it's so exciting to me. And like I have um, a niece who is black and disabled, so I'm like very, very excited to read this book with her. um It's just amazing. So congratulations, because that's I, I know it's on your 10 year plan, and I love that. Like <laughs> I love that you you know you were like this is something I want to do, and then it literally came to you earlier because. You know, I think that manifestation I'm is very say, important. Yeah. Manifesting.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
1: You put yeah. yourself in a position for, you know, that to happen even earlier, which is amazing.
2: I love, yes. I mean, as you know, if you follow me on Twitter, I love a good manifestation. I do, yes. at the top of each year, I do big manifestation threads of things I hope to see happen. And I mean, yeah, I think, I think that it's, it's really interesting that, you know, and I feel very blessed to have been able to. Have things come to me quicker than, you know, the plan on my little word doc on my computer had set for. And, I, and I, I think for me, you know, I have a little niece who is six and I dedicated the book to her. And I'm just really excited to hold a copy of it in my hand and be able to read it with her and be like, look, there's your name. You're always going to be a part of this. Because like you said, when, when we were growing up, I didn't have all these different representations of little black kids and in, in, in children's books, let alone little black disabled ones. So I'm just really excited, and I'm and I'm very proud of the work that we've put in to create a story that I feel like is a story that everyone can love, whether you're black, disabled or not. You know, I think that there's, you know, we worked really hard to make sure that the book was as diverse as possible and as inclusive as possible, and I'm just really, really proud of it and and ready for it to be in the world. Like, I've been reading this book for ages to myself, you know, going through the pages and making sure that everything looks good and feels good. I'm excited for the world to be able to do the same. About how long did the process take from, like, when you got,
1: you know, that call that, like, hey, the timeline is moving up to, like, you know, we're going to be
2: getting the book finally in our hands in August? It's an interesting process, book publishing, because – I would say about a year, so okay, yeah. So I would say like Sydney reached out about a year ago and was like, "Hey, want to write a children's book?" And I was like, "Um, yeah." And <laughs> we, you know, it, it took like a few days because children's books are shorter than, you know, the pretty one. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. it took a few days, a lot of back and forth, and like then the book was set. But then we had to find an illustrator. And then the illustrator illustrated the pictures and then you know, I had to final I had to finalize those and proof those. So between then and now, it's been about a it'll have been about a year, yeah, a year and some change.
1: Okay, speaking of the illustration, who is the girl on the right with the
2: flower shirt? That is, hold on, let me pull the picture up. <laughs> <laughs> just, I'm like, wait, which one is that with the flower shirt is? I think that's Sarah. She looks she
1: looks like low key kind
2: of like she's like light skin or mixed, you know. Oh, okay. So that's Sydney Sams Sarah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's Sarah. I'm like almost certain. I don't have the book in front of me. Okay, that's going to be my girl I'm going to her Cuz I'm a light saying. right. That's yeah. So I'm going like, to find herself in the about. book. <laughs> You're like, you know what? I feel
1: it. It's alive. Yeah, because, like, you know, obviously, like, when it comes to, um, you know, uh, live action, like, I almost, I don't want to say, I'm not going to sit here and say that, like, mixed girls or light skinned girls are overrepresented, like, overrepresented, I will say that as Black women, we are right. There's like, there's not enough um, representation across the board, and and we definitely need more dark skin representation. Um, in general, we're all less rep, rep, represented than like white people, right? But when yeah. it comes to literature, I do feel like they're doing a much better job at getting different skin tones. Uh, and that's what I love is like you already see three skin tones just on the cover of this book, which is awesome. Um, yeah,
2: yeah. I, I think it was like really, it was really important for me to. Make- make sure that like the book was representing people that we don't often get to see yeah
1: even the white girl looks different than like a white girl that you would normally see on the cover of a book you know what I mean like she has like a different little look about her which I love
2: yeah okay I'm so glad to hear that
1: yeah, I'm very into it. I I love me a, a kid's book, so I'm I'm gonna be <laughs> I'm gonna be like one of your first readers, even though I am at my big age. But I don't listen. That I'm gonna own a copy happy. for me and for the kids in my life. But I I want my own copy.
2: <laughs> no, I feel you. They had sent me in order for me to like see how it all works. They had sent me a couple of. Coakley had sent me a couple of their books so I could get a, a feel for it. You know the vibe. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, you know, like, when I'm done, I'll just, like, give these to my niece. Yes. And, like, I did, but begrudgingly. Like, I was yeah. like, wait, these, are- <laughs> I was like wait, these are pretty great. I kind of want to keep them. But then I, I feel like,
1: that. Because I'm married to a teacher, so we go to the Scholastic Warehouse sale, like, twice a year, and we go bananas. It's, like, it's so cheap. Like, you have to, like, be a teacher to, like, get in or be with a teacher, but uh-huh. you just get, like, it's literally just a warehouse in, like, the middle of nowhere, Florida, and you just, like, load up your cart, and it's, it's, like, amazing. And they have everything, but we end up getting a lot of kids' books, so we have a great, like, children's book collection at home. And we love our books, but, like, sometimes, you know, our nieces and nephews will come over and they'll, like, see something and they'll be like, I want this. And we're like, okay, I guess I'll give it to you, even though we're like, we kind of don't want to, but, you know, That's <laughs> like you are a child, so, <laughs> you know, like, I'm not going to be like, no, you can't have the book, even though I kind of want to keep it sometimes. Myself, right, you know?
2: because you know what that reminds me of? The Scholastic Book Fair was yes. one of the best things that happened to me It is school.
1: literally the adult version of that. It is literally Ugh. the adult version. because.
2: They do have like, you
1: know, how the book fair always had like stickers and like, you know, uh, pencils and stuff. They have sections like that, too. So it's like books, but it's also that. And you're just you're just in a warehouse. There's no one like they're just no one to help you. The people who work there like are only at checkout. And when you come in to check your teacher ID and they're just like, go have a free for all. Go look at all the books it's bananas we go in there and we'll buy like if it's a book we like we'll buy one for everyone because they're so much cheaper too as well because it's a warehouse sale so it's amazing like highly highly suggest everyone finding a teacher (laughs) becoming friends with them and asking them if they can go to the scholastic warehouse sale I don't know if they have them everywhere but they do have one in central Florida
2: that makes me like I don't that has made
1: my day Yeah, if you ever come visit us in Florida, I'll take you. (laughs) I just I'm like that seems like oh it's like an adult book fair. It's it's amazing. I love it. (laughs) So you write a little bit of everything. Like you write poetry, you write fiction, you write essays, you write children's books now, and so much more. How did you start out writing? And did you ever feel like you had to kind of limit what genre you wrote for to fit
2: in a certain box? Yes, absolutely. So I started writing professionally. I'd say in like 2015 and the very first essay I wrote was for this website called femsplain.com. And I wrote about being very jealous of my twin sister growing up, you know, because she didn't have a disability and she was prettier than me and it was this whole thing. And I should have just got the, like I had been writing really bad poetry and short stories since I was like eight, but publishing wise, I had started in 2015 and I found that like when I when I began writing, it was like everything had to be about disability. like even if I was writing about pop culture, it was like if, if somebody wanted me to write something, I had to mention disability. And then it wasn't until I got further in my career that I was like, you can write about disability as the lens through which you see the world, but not the subjects every time, you know? I think, so what I try now to do is make sure that, like, even if I'm talking about disability, I'm talking about other things that I care about as well, because often I find that with disabled people, like, our disability is a major part of who we are, but it's not everything. And other people often care more about it than we do. And so, well, yeah, when I first started, it was like, can you connect this to disability somehow? You know, can you make sure that this mentions disability? And I'd be like, sure, yes, absolutely, because I was just getting my my feet wet and trying to, you know, put a doorstopper in the door to keep it open. And um, I think it wasn't until I started writing. The pretty one that I was like you know what no I'm gonna make sure that not only am I talking about disability because I want to but I'm also talking about pop culture and my love for pizza and cheesecake and family and grief and loss and growth etc because I wanted to change the course of my career because I got tired of the idea that all I was good for was some sort of like random 101 disability talking points so I had to make that change for myself and take that risk to be like yeah I'll I'll write about disability but you're also going to get a whole host of other things like you want me to talk about disability sure but I'm also going to talk about pop culture and you know rom-coms and and tv shows that I'm loving I'm also going to talk about music and all these other things that you're going to have to get with that conversation because I got tired of just sort of regurgitating the same talking points. And uh, as Roxanne Gay says, making sure that I started to look outward more and not just make, you know, the work like diary entries. <laughs> For real.
0: Yeah, I definitely see value in people being able to write outside of the box. It's like nice, you, you got your you're kind of foot in the door and that's how people heard you. But now they can hear you on more things than you just being disabled or you just being a black woman. Like you have thoughts and feelings because you're you know you're a person, you're complex, you have emotions, yes. you react to things, you have ideas that are funny and interesting. You write great stuff. Like it's so great to hear from you. And I think it's difficult sometimes because we do kind of have to sit in that little box a little bit to get noticed. And I'm yeah. hoping in the point we get to the world where we don't have to do that. Like a lady wrote about how she was going to put shoes on going into someone's house. You know what I mean? Like right, <laughs> she was <a> right. white, <laughs> like, this white lady didn't have to sit in the box. She didn't have to do anything. She wrote this article about how she didn't want to put her shoes on. And like,
2: that's a thing. They let her do it. They let her post this ridiculously right, like, without, terrible article. Without any sort of like, girl, maybe we shouldn't. Um, yeah, right? right? <laughs> like no, no
0: editor said, no, let's not. Like, we're not going to publish this. It's not going to happen. Uh, but she did and she didn't have to do it and so I hope that like moving forward that maybe the generations after us don't have to do that like the disabled girls don't have to write about being disabled to get be able to also write about pop culture They should just be up and send up their pitches for pop culture and it'd be accepted regardless like no thoughts about it right. especially if we're writing about dirty shoes in a house like I'm just <laughs>
1: right and it's it's so strange to me that like you know, whether it be authors or, you know, influencers or photographers or designers, we're so like keen as a society to put people into boxes and be like, this person does this thing this way. And like, we don't want any variation from them when in reality, like we're all humans, right? So we all know that we have like complex feelings, complex emotions that we like different things. Like we all know that we don't just like represent like at least in our mind, like what just one way, like we don't just present in one way in our mind, like we're all very, very complex beings. And so it's so strange to me that like, that's a thing that continues to be pushed is like, let's box people into this one thing and only let them do this one thing. Um, And I, I do feel like there is a bit of a shift going on in like social media and stuff where people are finally being a little bit more accepting of like, People having just a personality, basically, and then yeah. sharing and talking about more than one thing. Um, and I just really hope that we continue forward with that narrative because I love seeing all the different sides to people and seeing all the different things that they're good at. I mean, I love that. Like, yes, you're this like writer who's really well known now, but now you're like, oh, I'm going to get into acting, and I I've loved like hearing about your journey with that and hearing about like your acting classes and how they're going and that sort of thing because. It encourages, you know, people like myself to continue pushing outside the box as well,
2: which I love. Yeah, I mean, I think the one thing that the pandemic did for me was really light a fire under me and that I was like, no, there's no more saying no to yourself. You know, acting was sort of this thing that I was like, oh, I would love to do, but it's just not possible because who's going to hire someone like me, you know, and I just stopped the pandemic hit and I was like, listen, there's these classes online that I can take and I'm (laughs) it's fine. There are these classes online that I can take and I'm learning so much about myself and the craft. So like, just let, let yourself say yes. And you know, I've I love it so much. I really, really do. Like, I I always say, like, it was a dream that I never thought was actually possible. And now that I feel, you know, that I'm in these classes and I'm learning and I'm growing and I'm hoping that it actually can be, it, it it's almost like, why didn't you do this sooner? Why didn't you believe in yourself about this particular thing sooner? Because I am truly enjoying myself. And I think, why not spend your life trying to, in some way, incorporate all the things you want to do, or at least once, you know, like I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm, you know, in it just to, to win an Oscar, that would be nice, but I think (laughs) it would be great. I would, I would weep. And I'm not a cute crier, but I think (laughs) it's like, just a part of the journey to, to try the things that I really want to do and make sure that I'm always saying yes to me, because there are going to be people lined up to say no. And I don't want to be one of those people. I don't want to be one of those people that says no when there are other people that do that, but I'm going to make sure that I really work hard and believe in myself because at the end of the day, I'm going to hear no. I hear no all the time as a writer, but I think, you know, all it takes is one yes for your life to change. And, And for me, it's like, I'm just going to keep working toward the things that I'm most excited about and see what happens. I, I really love the, that thought. Pro- yeah, the yeah. thought process
1: of like saying yes to me. I'm like, oh my gosh! Like I just say no to myself all the time. All like day. I'm realizing that like right now. <laughs> and like I tell myself no a lot, and it's like, yeah, you're right. Like why am I doing that? Like yes, I am gonna hear no from other people. So why am I saying it to myself? Like oh my gosh, this is like, whew, wow.
0: Life changing yes. Is really like <laughs> It sounds
1: so simple, but it really, it's so true. Like, I feel like we, you know, we say no to ourselves over and over and over again, and we don't let ourselves do the things that we want to do. And it's just like, why? I love that you said, like, it's not like you have to like be perfect at everything or be the best at everything, but like, why not do the things you actually want to do in life? Like, sounds simple, but it's like, I feel like a lot of people are not doing that.
2: Yeah, I mean, it took, and I, and I will say, it took me forever to do it because I kept telling myself, like, oh, no, you're too old. Like, you were supposed to start doing this at, like, 20 and 19. Yeah. And I'm like, no, okay, you're 28, so what? People start late. And I just kept saying, like, why are you dismissing yourself before you even start playing the game? Play a little first, you know? Do a little practice round, just try your hardest to give yourself the chance to change your own life. And that's really what I'm trying to do is, is like not apologize for the space that I take up, let myself enjoy the things that I enjoy and do as many things that I love as possible because life is too short. And I don't want to get to a point in my life where I'm like, man, I should have really tried acting or should have really tried classes or should have really auditioned for that thing because you know, I just want to make sure that I'm trying to live a life that I'm proud of. And I think acting for me is this thing that just feels like a warm blanket. Like, it's hard. You know, it's mm-hmm. very hard work. Week week, just being in the classes and, and auditioning and hearing no's. But it's just, I'm so excited about all of it. Like, I got my first no on an audition the other day. And, like, I wanted to cry because, like, sure, I was sad, but I was so excited. Because I was like, this just means that you're doing it. Mm-hmm. And I texted all these people and I was like, they said no. But it just <laughs> means that I'm on my way. people like, I'm happy for you, Kia. <laughs> Congrats, I think, on your no.
1: It's so true. And I feel like not only is life short, but I feel like people like shorten the good parts of it as well. Because so many people have this idea, like, if you haven't done like a certain thing by 30, or if you haven't started a certain thing by 30, then like, You just shouldn't do it. And when you really think about it, it's like people live for quite a long time these days. Um, So, you know, what do they expect people to do between like 30 and like 70, 80, 90? You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like, you know, it's so important for us to constantly be growing and trying new things because life is short, but life is long. You know what I'm saying? Right. And
2: also, I think it's all those like 30 under 30 lists. Yes. Yeah, those really those really because I remember turning 28 and feeling like trash because I was like, now you're never going to make these 30 under 30 lists because they had all these like requirements of how old you had to be by a certain time. And I'm like, I'm never going to make it and I never did make it on a 30 under 30 list. You're only 28 though, right? No, I'm 30. Oh,
1: why do I think you're 28 in my mind? Thank Everyone's you. Everyone's so young in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. I appreciate it. Um listen, yeah, no, I... my brother, listen, my brother made the 30 under 30 list this year, and his life is has not changed at all. He <laughs> he was he's wanted to make it since since it probably it was a list. Like it became a list when he was like a teenager. And mm-hmm. he was like, I'm gonna make that list. And this year he made it. And I mean he has a plaque and he did go to like a special chat. For, like, 30 under 30 people. And I think maybe they have, like, a dinner or something. But, like, besides that, like, it's really not... Like, it has not changed his life in any way. (laughs) And it's funny because, like, there are some cool people that, like, made it this year. So I guess, like, he'll get to meet them. But he's met cooler people, like, not in this situation. You know what I mean? So I'm just, like you know, it's a list, but it literally did not change his life. So I'm not stressed about it. I'm like, I'm 35. And I certainly didn't make it. So it's all right. <laughs> It'd be like that.
2: Sometimes I feel like, yeah, sometimes we, we put, I, I know that I do. And I did for the pretty one. I put mm-hmm. an insane amount of pressure on myself. And I was like, if you don't make X Y Z lists, then your book doesn't matter. But what I'm finding is that, even though it came out in 2019, it's still reaching so many people. Yes. And I still get messages every day on Twitter and Instagram that like, oh, I'm listening to your audiobook and, and I love it. Or like, oh, I, I gifted this book to my daughter or my son or whatever. And I'm like, cool. I'm so excited that people are like, it still has a longer shelf life than the six months after
1: it came out. And oh, it, yeah. I mean, that's a book that people can pick up in 20 years and identify with. Thank you, and I do think that they will. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's that's a book that like kids are going to be strolling through the library at their school like twenty years from now and pick up, and it's really going to speak to
0: them.
2: Thank you. Oh my gosh, that's so kind.
0: No, it's true, and there's also time for like a white man to get mad about your book and like cancel. Oh it yeah, and make there it was like... more popular. So
2: <laughs> there was a white lady who emailed me and said she burned my book.
0: Oh, you made it! Oh! I'm so proud of you. I was like, yes. I'm excited. That's good news to me, honestly. You've okay. done good work then. It's great. It's going well. Yeah, so
1: speaking she was, of, I'd be like, Can you send me a, a picture next time?
2: Right? <laughs> Literally like, Thank you for the purchase, babes. Yeah. You I already bought babes. it. So more, it. you can use it as a table stop. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That Speaking okay. of very
0: famous people, you have worked on an anthology with Tarana Burke and Brene Brown, who is like our household guru, who like snatches our edges and get our lives together in our house. She is no yeah. like she's she's high high regards to Brene Brown right now in the <laughs> art household. Called "You Are Your Best Thing," and so can you tell us what that was like? Because um, you know you live a cool life, so just we want to know all of the things.
2: That was a dream come true. So, Tarana, Brene, and I had been following each other for a while. Of course. Slight brag, of but course. Tar- <laughs> Naturally, but Tarana and I had never met. We did um, the share the mic now thing together, where mm-hmm. fifty black women shared the accounts with fifty prominent mm-hmm. white women. Like we took over their accounts for the day, and Tarana was one of the people in the in the roundup, and I was asked to do it. And I was like, I, uh, okay, Um, (laughs) why not? And we were like in a zoom meeting preparing for it. And Toronto was like, Hey Kia, like I would love to talk to you about something. And I was like, "Uh, okay. And so she emailed me and she said that her and Brené were working on the secret thing. I didn't even know what the secret thing was. And she was like, would you be interested in being a part of it? And again, I had no idea what it was, but I said yes immediately because, duh. Yeah. (laughs) And so um, I said yes, and then they figured out that it was going to be an anthology. And um, I wrote an essay about vulnerability and Blackness and, and disability and queerness and figuring it all out as it relates to who I am, and it was honestly a dream come true, Brene and Tarana took such good care of the people in the anthology. And they really listened to what it was that we wanted to say and how we wanted to say it and, and really gave us a, a sort of control that I think is often lost in these sorts of things. Like I've done a ton of anthologies, like more than I can even count. And I think what was so special about that one was to be a part of such an amazing book with so many amazing people and to be able to count myself among them and be able to talk about be- what it's like to be Black without apology. It was a really beautiful thing. And I think my only regret was that I didn't read the audio book. Like, I didn't read my story. Somebody else did. And there was a bunch of people like, oh, my God, I love your voice. I just, listened to, oh, no. I just listened to you are your best thing. I just loved your voice. And I was like, that wasn't me, but thank you. <laughs> I re- I'm, I was like, I also enjoyed her voice. So thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> and so it was just funny because I would have never thought in a million years that I could be the kind of person on a list like that, of that many cool, interesting people, but it was nice to feel really affirmed and to To be a part of that was really a dream come true. Like, Brene and Tarana are everything that you think they are and more.
1: See, I love to hear that because, I mean, not that I would have doubted it, but I I love seeing, like, you interact with a lot of these people who are just, like, awesome. And it's nice because, like, you almost have, like, teeny tiny fangirl moments. Oh, yeah. Which (laughs) I love because you're just so relatable. But, like, also it's funny because, like, you – you don't realize that like you are that girl yet I feel like no you, you are because you literally are like yeah like I, it's weird to see me on this list of and I'm like no it's not girl like those are the yeah, right? like,
2: <laughs> <these> are- <laughs> but well thank you but yeah I I think the thing about me is I'm a naturally excitable person and so I'll meet these people and like I'll be so excited, and and I'll I'll tell them, like, I'm fangirling about this. Like, I'm just going to keep it out in the open. Like, when I did Selma's, um, I did the cover story for Town & Country, and we became friends, and I was like, Selma, just off the gate, I love you so much. And then we hopped into the interview, and, and we stayed in touch and became friends, and she's so lovely, and she's funny, and just delightful and then when I went to surprise her in the this is gonna sound like a brag too when I surprised her in the in the Hamptons it sounds awesome to me thank you for her documentary (laughs) she was like introducing me to people and she's like oh this is my friend Kia like I met Christian Siriano he that's amazing he was amazing he made me a plate of food I'll never get over it um That is wild. I'm
1: actually like, my feet are on one of his rugs right now. He's just brilliant. And he's so
2: nice and so funny. Um, And like, I just, I think the thing that I hope endears me to people is that like, I'm just excited as the next person. Like I'm, (laughs) you know, like I, I don't, I don't have any preconceived ideas that this is where I should be. So I'm really excited to be there. Like I'm the girl that's just excited to be in the room. I love that. What is your (laughs) sign? i'm a virgo
1: okay that makes so much sense right it tracks sense to me yeah i get along with virgos really well because i'm a capricorn so yes yeah, yeah love my fellow caps yeah and i'm like i have sagittarius and gemini like high in my chart so i'm like a fun capricorn that's like the same thing like i'm like i'm just happy to be here like what's your same energy what's your rising my rising is sag and my moon is gemini okay i'm a
2: gemini rising and aquarius moon
1: okay yes that that makes a lot of sense Yep. right yeah I'm like I'm very I I like read everybody's chart like literally like my husband I have his entire chart like mapped out and mine and like broke down section by section and explained our whole like being and life to him and he's like all right and I swear it works so stop that's so cute
2: I'm, Listen, like, a very
1: into it. <laughs> if it's not that kind of love, I don't want it. Exactly. Yeah, he knows. And he'll say, like, he'll be like, mm-hmm, that person's a cancer. Mm-hmm, they're a <laughs> Aries. They're a Sagittarius. Like, he's starting to do it now. So... <laughs> <laughs> (laughs) So speaking of saying yes to yourself, we are very big on practicing self-care and there's so many great ways out there to do it. So what are the ways that you've been practicing self-care lately, like on a daily, monthly and weekly basis? Because it's, you know, it's different depending on how you do it.
2: Yeah. I mean, for a while I was doing what I call four things where I would say four things that I like about myself in the mirror every day and night. Um, and that worked for a really long time. It's sort of, I'm sort of in an ebb and flow with it now, though, where it's not really doing what I needed to do right now yeah. <laughs> in this current yeah. space. So I just, I try really hard to make sure that I take at least one moment in each day to listen to songs I love or, you know, take a lunch break to watch a movie. Just trying to find one thing that fills some part of my day that feels like not work. You know, because I do tend to I'm my plate is very full at all times. and (laughs) Yeah. And I get to a place where I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm just so tired and I'm stressed. And my mom will be like, okay, go do something that you that you find enjoyable that's just for you and not for profit or not for um, consumption. So I just really try to you know, watch a TV show or listen to Paramore, as you know, the best band yes. in the world. Yes. Yes. You know. I would just
1: listen to them this morning when I was going for a walk. I love that. What I was, like, story. jamming out and, like, sometimes I have to remind myself, like, I am in public. <laughs> 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 like, I'm walking down the street, but I'll just be, like, you know, feeling it. That's a vibe. Right. No,
2: I'm the same way. Like, I... I have to remember that people can see me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> often I'm like mm, I just, like especially especially getting ready for Zoom calls. So usually, what happens with acting classes you get paired with you get paired with somebody and like you do your acting rehearsals. And both me and my partner, we forget often that the other person is there. So like when we're like teeing everything up, he's always listening to music and I'll just be like singing and, and dancing along to it.
0: And then I'll realize <laughs> that
2: my camera's on. And not just (laughs) the audio. And we laugh about it for like 30 minutes. And then we do the scene. But yeah, I often forget that people can like... I love that. (laughs) Well, in addition
0: to Paramore, what other music and TV shows and movies are you enjoying? Because we all want to hear your opinions. Because you know what the good stuff is.
2: Thank you for saying that. I agree. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I really... I'm really obsessed. <laughs> I'm really obsessed with Abbott Elementary. On yes, right now. I I get so excited at the chance to watch them. Like I'm, I'm going to so watch excited. the new episode when Same. we're done <laughs> no, It's so good. I just it's it's smart and it's funny and it's quick. Um, I really love Sweet Magnolias on yes. Netflix. Ah, so good. It's so good. Wow, yeah, the, the so casting cool. is just A-plus on both of oh those shows. Word. Heather Headley is
0: like a powerhouse on that show. She, she
2: sang like for 10 right? seconds on the show in one of the episodes mm-hmm. this, this season. And yes. I was like, do more of it. Come on. <laughs> Come on, do it. You know you want to. Right, um, I was like, let her get on a stage somewhere and just sing.
0: For I don't real. care what
2: she could sing, "Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star," and I'd be like, "Please, thank you." Um,
0: Seriously. So those
2: two, and also, people have been being very mean about it, but I just watched "Marry Me" with J Lo and Owen Wilson, and oh. I thoroughly enjoyed it.
1: I was wondering if it was going to be good or not because, like, I saw the preview and I was like, "I'm definitely intrigued."
2: I really liked it. I thought it was so cute, and it made sense to me in a way that, like. I would have never thought it would because according to reviews it's like oh my gosh it's just so cheesy but I'm like that's the fun of rom-coms. Yeah, not supposed yes. to be like they're not good. <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: Like they're good they're but they're not like mind
2: boggling right. cinema. Yeah
1: and I'm like even though it sounds weird to say I'm like I really can't think of a J-Lo movie that I like dislike like Thank that's not you. that I don't find like entertaining or enjoy and I will say that like Hustlers is actually one of my Favorite movies. It's so good. Um, I-, I love it. I like before. I've watched it so many times. Like I'm obsessed with it. I make everybody I know watch it. Like I
2: love that movie. Um, I don't know so I'm why like, didn't I didn't like get her an Oscar. I'm not gonna hold you. I'm still surprised. It, because- it was
1: so good. Like that was honestly the movie that I was like, okay, she really can act though, because it was like beyond like uh, you know your typical like rom com acting. And she was just playing, like, a very different part. And she was actually very believable in that role.
2: She really was. And my best friend and I were like, she needs to make a second enough movie.
1: Yeah, And I was like, yeah.
2: enough. Back to the streets. <laughs> 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 and my friend was like, no, enough. Back to the block. I was like, yeah, yes. that's the one. So, yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot out there because – Honestly, there's just so. M- oh, you know what else I really liked? Ghosts. Um, yes, we talked about that. Yeah, yes, is good. so
1: good. It's we've been going back and watching
0: the original too. I love the original more than the new one, honestly. Do I you? I haven't
2: seen the original yet. People were like, it's "Good, you're gonna love it. you're gonna love that better than the American one." And I was like, "I'll see," but I really like the American one. I feel like it's really. Well No, done. no, it's
0: good. It's very, it's really well done for, especially because it's a CBS thing. And, you know, I feel like CBS is not catered to millennials at all. <laughs> um, they're very much like,
2: they're like back country. Yeah, they're like, who? What? Yeah, exactly. Where?
0: So they have this very diverse cast and this very smart and funny show, and it's very well done. Like, I like it. It's a good remake.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, there's, yeah. there's a lot of, I think, like shows that are being remade, and, and, and there's a lot of shows that I thought we're only gonna get one season but they're coming back like how i met your father which was slow but i think they're finally finding their footing yeah i really like yeah. it and there's I, also this like show it. that i don't think is gonna come back but i want it to called pivoting okay i, I have that, that on my list
0: i haven't watched it yet it's though.
2: good the okay. casting choices are great awesome. i like the storylines I'm going
0: to put it, I'm going to watch
1: it. Okay, but back to Abbott Elementary, I have to say that like I worked at a school for five years and my husband worked at a school for 18 years Uh and a lot of it is incredibly accurate. The only part that isn't accurate is just like how much breaks they take, but you know, you have to do that (laughs) so they can have dialogue, obviously. But besides that, yes, it's like a lot of it is very spot on and especially like the character types. Um, That's very much like you, you, if you are, if you work in a school, you watch that show and you're like, I know three people that are just like that teacher and three people that are just like that teacher. Like, it's very, very spot on. So somebody in the writing room has to have worked in education.
2: Yeah, it's, oh, I just love it. And like the slow burn, I just, yeah. it's so good. My, my friend, like she, she texts me because she usually watches it live. She's like, you're gonna love it. I watched it twice and I'm like, okay, I can't wait. I just get so excited about it. It's one of those things where you're, it's it's a nice show to look forward to watching. Yes, mm-hmm.
0: and yeah. I know that This
2: Is Us is on a break, but I love This Is Us. So good.
0: This season so good. has been so like good. I feel like they're doing a good job of trying to wrap up this you know couple of years worth of storylines, and I feel like they're kind of, you know they're taking it slow, but it is kind of I'm seeing resolutions
2: happen. Right. Um, I'm gonna be will... sick when Rebecca dies. I'm gonna be sick, traumatized. Right? I'm just I'm gonna have to take bereavement days.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's no. why I literally watch it like I'll watch like multiple episodes at once like uh-huh. I use I when it came out I watched the first episode and I was like hooked and I was like I love this I was watching it weekly and now I wait and I like you know will watch like three in a row because I just like get it all out of my system and like cry so much and uh-huh. then like I need like a three-week break from like the breakdown that it puts me through. Yeah, it is. It's I think that that show makes me cry like the most out of almost everything. And the the other two things are Coco, the movie makes Ooh. me cry so much. And in Kanto, those yeah. three things, this is us, Coco and Encanto. Like if I need to cry, I put that on and I'm like, it's like. Bad. It's not like a little crying. It's like I'm weeping, and like my husband's I mean, like, "Are you looking, okay?" Thinking, and John's like,
0: "Girl, what are we doing today?" He <laughs> the family arguing call. and he's like, "No." Nope, yeah, leave the room. unless he it's died. Coco,
1: because if it's Coco, he too cries so much that we both are crying so much to where like our dog is like, "What's going on?" Because we're both on the couch, just like wailing. Like so I don't want to really spoil it for
2: your-, <laughs> for your listeners, but like when my child maribel gets her doorknob i yes like yes i've I've seen this movie at this point like nine times and only one of those times was with my actual niece so (laughs) (laughs) i haven't even seen it with a kid yet to be honest i'm like i don't
1: even know if i can handle it because the kid's gonna be like oh wow but my family is like you know a lot so I cry when surface pressure comes on. Ooh, and then I one. pretty much cry off and on through the whole rest <laughs> of the
2: movie. It's, it's so bad.
1: bad. But then Oof. once, you know, the song comes on, when they're about to, like, do the flashback. Yeah. Like, that John and I, like, are, like, I'm really bad during that part. But, I mean, both of us are crying to the point where it's, like, we cannot see in front of us. Because we're just, like, crying. It's yeah. just, like, it's oh, bad.
2: That so good. Like, I still it's have so those songs good. on my apple music and I, I play them in rotation with the other song yep yep i love it yeah. so
1: we know that you're acting but do you mm-hmm. have any other creative hobbies that you like currently added to what you're doing or do you have any that you kind of want to
2: start this year um i i'm trying to think i know that for a fact i i want to learn how to type without looking at the keyboard Yeah, I saw you saying that the other day. Like, I don't. I'm just obsessed with the idea of it because I just feel like it'll help me (laughs) in some way. But also, it's just cool. Like, Mm -hmm. I think the people who can type without looking are really cool. (laughs) And I don't know what that says about my.
1: That's like maybe the only thing I'm cool for then, because I can do that.
2: (laughs) That is, yeah, that excites me. Like, I don't know what that says about my barometer for (laughs) coolness, but. Yeah, I found it. makes the- me feel good, so hey. I'm, <laughs> <really excited. laughs> I'm glad to hear it. I found this like typing thing. And once my schedule clears up, hopefully like next week I can actually start my journey to becoming a baddie who can type without looking. That's you're but yeah, other than that, I think that's my biggest like personal goal I think because my plate is already so full I don't want to add anything else besides the the acting and and oh yeah I'm also co-writing a musical I need to start talking about that more yes um, oh my gosh yeah tell yes, us a little bit about yes, that please. so I'm co-writing a musical with um Stacy Lutwig and Mark Sonnenblick and it's based off of Sally Rosenberg's book titled Invincible and it's a really fun family-friendly musical about these two twin sisters who are princesses and they go off on an adventure when their parents leave the castle and I'm really proud of it I think that you know there's something for everyone and it's really cool to enter that space as a person who can't sing to be (laughs) able to (laughs) to be able to still be a part of it is really fun and I'm really really enjoying myself I think that like there's something for everyone and um I think it'll take quite some time but I hope that it does eventually see the light of day slash the light of stage so yeah I've got a lot of things on my plate but they're all good things it's just sometimes your girl gets sleepy (laughs) I hear that we're tired
0: I don't sleep, but i'm I'm consistently tired. So if anyone says I get sleepy, don't. hashtag felt <laughs> hashtag don't do this. <laughs> yeah, I, th- that is my like warning continuously. honestly, on like, almost on like every
1: episode, we talk about how I sleep a lot, and Angelica doesn't sleep. but I <laughs> love sleep and I'm like a huge sleep advocate, and I'm like, everybody should sleep, sleep and at- I love my <gasps> bed. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you are like, you're like, I don't sleep.
2: teach teach me your ways because you know what my problem is I, can go to sleep, but I don't stay sleep.
1: So I've had all the issues, like whether it be like not being able to get to sleep or like not being able to stay asleep. And for me, I have like a CBD mixture and I'll send you like, I'll literally like send you exactly what I take. But for me, it's like, I found that using a combination of, there's a CBD oil that I use like on my body to absorb it through my skin. Uh And then I do, for me, like between two and four drops of, the type that I use. And I literally do not know the exact measurement. So that's why I'm like, I'll literally just like screenshot it and send it to you and be like, this is what I take four drops of. But I Thank found you. that that not only puts me to sleep within 10 to 15 minutes, which for me is like extraordinary, but it keeps me asleep all through the night. And if I do wake up to pee, which is pretty common because as Angelica knows, I guzzle tons of water before I go to bed. I don't know why I'm like this. So I'll normally wake up and pee, but I'll fall right back asleep, which is like a miracle to me. So it really, really works. Like I have to pretty much like make myself get up the next day, but then once I'm up, I'm not groggy. So it's like, it's literally just a miracle all around
2: yeah no that sounds like heaven please it's pretty it awesome life. and
1: I, I am like a person who sleeps for eight hours maybe nine if I've had like a really if I like worked out a ton or went to Disney or something you know if I did a theme park because you know something like that that'll make me a little more tired I might sleep nine hours but at the least I'm sleeping seven because if not then I'm not going to operate like I'm not going to function properly
2: yeah that sounds great <laughs> like I don't know what that's like. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Was
0: no, broken. I don't. You I no. we were like I slept for a night. We were at the fair last weekend, and that's a Disney day because we walked around like several times doing absolutely nothing. And I slept like four hours.
2: Maybe. Three o'clock? Absolutely not. No. Three o'clock this morning, I would have canceled. I would be like, hey. Oh no, guys, she does that all you know. the time. My,
0: like every other day. I'm, I'm just, not convinced yeah. that
1: like Angelica's not just like a really cool life like like model or like an L. What is it? LMD from Marvel. <laughs> Like or, like she's like a she's like a model decoy, whatever thing. She's like a robot, basically. Oh, no, I'm
0: broken. My battery's gonna go out in like next year if I stop <laughs> working because I did not sleep <laughs> just these past couple years. Yeah. But it is still February, which means we are still celebrating Black History Month and we yes, do it all day long, but we highlight it. So, Kia, what does black
2: excellence mean to you? Ooh, well, black excellence means just showing up as your full self and not apologizing for the space that you may take up. I think anybody who can do that is excellent in some way because being a black person in the world is not easy. And when we're, when we allow ourselves to feel joy and excitement and to do the things that we love that don't harm other people, that to me is excellent. Just getting up and getting out of bed some days is black excellence, you know? Yes, yeah. Because it's not it's not an easy world that we live in. And so I think black excellence to me is just showing up and trying your best and making it through the day.
1: I love that. That's, yeah. I'm like, the way I'm just sitting here, like nodding like 100%, yes. It's just showing up. It's just being you. Like,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I love it. So go ahead and let our listeners know where they can go to follow along and support you and the best way to support you, um, you know, with all the upcoming things
2: you have going on. Yes, of course. Okay. So if you're on Twitter and Instagram, I am at Kia K E A H underscore Maria M A R I A. You can stay up to date with what I'm doing on my website, Kia Brown.com. You can also, Uh, I guess you could also... Oh, yes, yes, yes. I know, I know, I know. I forgot for a second, but I'm back now. You can please, the best way to support me is to please, please, please pre-order my book, Sam Super um, out this August for any kid that you love in your life. If you also love picture books and you're an adult, you'll love this one as well. Please, I think that pre-orders are vital for authors and they help show publishers that People care about the stories that we tell and that people want to see them. So if you're looking for a story about a cute little girl and her best friends and her mom and her dad loving on her and getting her ready to go back to school, this is the book for you. So please pre-order it. That's the best way to help me um, in my work is to pre-order that book. And if you want to buy the pretty one, and also I have a YA coming out next year called the secret summer promise. So when there's updates on that, I'll also, I'll also have that available too. But right now, please, please, please pre-order, um, Sam's Super Seats. That's the best way to support me and make sure that you follow me again on social media. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Kia underscore Maria. Oh, and I have a Facebook. It's the Kia Brown. I forget, I forget about the Facebook sometimes. Girl, we forget about our Facebook too. <laughs> uh, I forget about Facebook on purpose because yeah. of that, man. But We're yes, about so, it. so follow <laughs> me there as well. And then, you know, for updates, go to thekiabrown.com. But if you really like pop culture and cheesecake and Paramore, I'm your yes. girl. So follow me.
1: I love yes, it maybe. awesome well thank you so much Kia for chatting with us today I feel like I not only like learned so much stuff but like I just heard a lot of stuff that I personally needed to hear which right? is you yeah. know what I mean I was <laughs> like okay you're like really speaking to my soul right now so I just really appreciate you being here and I'm just so excited for like all the things like it's just been amazing to watch your career and I just cannot wait for you know your next book to come out your YA book I'm gonna freaking like freak out when that comes out i'm gonna be sure will i love <laughs> YA, so i'm like event. i'm so excited i've already read like a little bit of what you've shared about it so i'm like i'm just over the moon so it's gonna be amazing i'm just so fo- looking forward to like seeing everything you do this year and beyond
2: thank you i'm so happy that y'all have me back i was like so excited yeah yes. so i was like yes i